Blog Talk Radio. politics, and culture from the perspective of Ayn Rand's philosophy. Ayn Rand's philosophy of objectivism uniquely upholds the right to the pursuit of your own happiness. I'm your host, Amy Peikoff, and those of you who watched my little teaser video, which I made just a short time ago, know that this is, well, actually, you don't know that this is the first show, but I'm telling you now, this is the first show that I've ever done with any alcohol in my system, so... Uh, we are going to be a little kind and um, forgiving of our host this evening. Um, the show tonight is called Don't Let It Go Untoasted, Ted for Ted Cruz. And I made a little toast to Ted Cruz in the video and did what some people are telling me is a fairly generous shot of scotch. I don't know. I guess we're going to see as time goes on and, and see how I'm doing. Uh, just Jean in the chat room here says that she's got coconut milk with rum ready to go. That might be a little bit more dessert-like and tastier than what I had, but I was actually surprised. I, di- I didn't mind the, the scotch. It was it was not too bad. So um, anyway, you go over to the blog at don'tletitgo.com and you will see all the program notes that I've lined up for tonight. It's not overly ambitious, but we do have one big question to tackle, and it's essentially the what now question now that Cruz is out of the race. Uh, John Roberts here in the chat room says he's got a beer in the fridge. Why is it in the fridge? Pull it out of the fridge. Start drinking it. Um, Redmond MTB here in the chat room, only here for part of it. Going to pick up his son returning from freshman year. That's a very good occasion. So welcome those of you who are joining me here in the chat room. If you do want to talk about any of the stories that I've got in the program notes, I've got a little bit of good news there at the end, you can call me. The number is 760-888-5817. Again, that's 760-888-5817. Robert Archer in the chat room says, cheers. Cheers, Robert. Um, I'll tell you a story, which is that years ago, I don't even know how many years ago, many years ago, I went to a conference. And there was at this conference, it was the year that Frank Sinatra had died. So you can go ahead and look that up and we'll know how many years ago it is. Um, at the conference, one of the presenters wanted to give a special send-off lecture to Frank Sinatra. And um, he had a big bottle of uh, whiskey. I think, it was, I think it was Jack Daniels. So he had this huge bottle up on the podium on the stage where he was and he had next to it a bowl of ice and he had a tumbler and this guy 
proceeded to drink most of a fifth during the course of this lecture. And this lecture also happened to be delivered at altitude in Lake Tahoe. And in addition, the guy who delivered it lives at sea level and had arrived that day. So you can imagine, I mean, you know, and he's kind of slowly drinking this throughout the course of the lecture that as time went on, his speech got slower and, you know, he, of course, was very jolly throughout. Well, it was 1998, Selfishness in the chat room uh, did a little research for me. Thank you there, Selfishness. Uh, so this lecture was entertaining as I was sitting there watching it and as the lecturer continued to grab the bottle and pour himself some more and drink a little more and drink a little more and was starting to slur speech more and doing all the, uh, no, no, please don't drink anymore. Um, so I'm not doing that tonight. I'm not going to continue to drink alcohol. In fact, I've got a little bit of yummy decaf here and, a, and some water. So you can call me wimpy if you want. But yeah, I, I gave my send off toast to Ted Cruz. You can all go watch it on the Don't Let It Go Unheard page on Facebook. But, I mean, think about it. Had we thought that Cruz was going to get that far in the campaign at first, I mean, we would have thought that it was really great that he got as far as he did. The thing, so it's in, in a sense, the campaign has been better. This cycle has been better than we might have expected because Cruz, someone who has a lot of merit, got that far. But what is worse than we ever would have expected is that Trump is still in the game and that Trump, it looks like he's going to be the nominee. And that's where we end up with the what now question. That's what we have to do is try to answer that. So if you go over to don'tletitgo.com, you'll see the first link is Cruz saying thank you for everything that he's going to continue the fight for liberty, continue the fight for the Constitution. Of course, he had to emphasize Judeo-Christian values, right? Judeo-Christian values as part of it that he's going to continue the fight for. And I, I just wish he would say something secular. It would be preferable if he'd say individualist values or just American values. Why not just American values, uniquely American values? That would be great. But instead, it is Judeo-Christian that he emphasizes. And, and in fact, that was probably one of the things that undercut his campaign. He learned as time went on that the evangelicals that he was courting so strongly early on in the campaign were not there for him. They really didn't care about that because if they did care about that, they wouldn't have voted for Trump over Cruz. Uh, the stuff that we're learning about uh, you know, kind of a huge chunk. I was going to say a huge. See, if I slur, you're just thinking I'm going to do a Trump impression or something. Uh, but, you know, a huge chunk of the voting population is very disappointing. And they're voting based on no substance at all. They're voting against or they voted against Cruz for very superficial reasons, as far as I can tell. Um, oh, Alan, the chat room saying, where's the teaser video? The teaser video is over on the Don't Let It Go Unheard page. I feel like I should play a little musical interlude and have all of you who are listening live go over and check out that video because it's a, a couple minutes long. Should I do that? Have people not seen it? I don't know. Um, but no, let, let, I'll go ahead and, and talk on a little bit here. But yeah, there's a video over there. I give a toast to Cruz to, to send him off uh, at the end of his campaign. Today was literally the day that I would have gone to Dana Rohrabacher's office and 
made phone calls on behalf of Ted Cruz. I would have tried that out. That would have been fun. Uh, Dana Rohrbacher, kind of a funny little story. Uh, Dana Rohrbacher went to high school with my mother. And, of course, we all know tomorrow's Mother's Day and stuff, so that's kind of a fun little connection. I I would have liked just to go over there and, and talk to him and talk about my mother or something. That would have been fun as well. But because Cruz suspended his campaign, I did not do it. But I've, I've never made a you know, phone calls on behalf of a political candidate before. That would have been a unique experience. In this case, I thought it would have been well worth it. And unfortunately, didn't get to do it this time. Maybe we will get to do it if he runs again. I do hope he's going to run again. Does anybody know whether Cruz has endorsed Trump? As I Last time I checked, that was still an unanswered question, whether he was going to. I also heard whether Cruz, oh, um, Rob, Robert in the chat room, Robert Archer is saying that Cruz is still on most of the ballots and so can gain more delegates. Of course, I plan to cast my vote for Cruz in the primary in California. I think that's going to be a good time. Uh, you know, I'll just enjoy doing it, even if he can't win this time around. In fact, one of the things I was thinking of doing in the general was just writing in Cruz in the general. That's one of the options. Again, discuss this with me. Here in the chat room, I'm going to want to hear your view about where do we go next? Do we vote for Hillary to prevent Trump from getting in? Do we vote for Gary Johnson? Do we write Cruz in? Do we write somebody else in? Do we sit at home and drink? I'm still going to have a lot of that scotch left, probably in November. This is what I want to know. People are saying, no, please don't. Just Jean says, vote Gary Johnson. Uh, I'm, I'm really going to, I mean, I'm going to want to hear these, you know, these things from you guys, because normally I wouldn't vote for a libertarian, but in this particular mood right now, I would entertain the possibility. Some people are saying, no, you know, you shouldn't do that. But I would like to, you know, figure out what we should do in this context where we are, you know, to, to say you're stuck between a, a rock and a hard place doesn't quite get to how dismal it is. John in the chat room says, I saw a driveway this week with a Jesus sign right next to a Trump sign. And it says, appropriate considering how Trump idolizes himself. Yes, but totally inappropriate if the person thinks that they are following the philosophy of, of Jesus, except for the altruism, right? But in terms of any of the Christian religions, their opposition to abortion and, and things like that, that is not Trump. So I'm not sure how these people reconcile their support of Trump with their religion. Arjun in the chat room says, wouldn't it be fatal to pick a libertarian considering their foreign policy? It's been a long time since I've dusted off my Gary Johnson information. I did listen to a phone call that was done for bloggers and stuff to ask questions. And I may have even asked a question of Gary Johnson during that call. This is a while ago during the last election cycle. And... He was saying decent things on foreign policy. Was he saying decent things on foreign policy and then later he would take them back or he didn't really mean them the way I was hearing them? This would require more research to determine, but I can't imagine that he would be worse than Trump or Hillary, and I would think he might be a bit better. Arjun says, I checked out the debate on Stossel, didn't like any of those three. Certainly... Gary Johnson is not good on the issue of whether you should force the Christian bakers to bake a cake for a gay wedding. Uh, the way that I've been seeing it passed around on social media is that 
Johnson would even support forcing Jews to bake a Hitler cake, something terrible like that. And if that's true, the idea of him actually standing for a free market and capitalism is completely wrong because, you know, with capitalism, everybody has the right to voluntarily interact and trade with other people and should not be forced to do so. So if Gary Johnson thinks that you should go ahead and force the Jewish bakers to bake a cake for Hitler, completely, completely inconsistent, very contradictory. So in any event, um, Arjun said he's no worse than Hillary on the gay wedding thing. Yeah, I don't even know what Trump would say about it. And Trump would probably say the gay cake. He says gay cake. Uh, It's not a gay cake, right? A cake made for a gay couple. Cakes can't be gay. It, I have a feeling this is going to get worse as the, as the night goes on. Let's see here. Let's see if we can uh, get it back to the topic here. But, uh, yeah, so Cruz says to his supporters, thanks for everything. He really did have a wide base of support. 1.5 million contributions averaging around $60 per. Uh, over 317000 volunteers. So it really was a pretty strong grassroots uh, grassroots movement. And so what is the positive that we take away from this? That there was substantial support for a candidate like Ted Cruz. And I believe that Rush Limbaugh did, you know, he, he was so mixed and, and yucky in this campaign. And he's been, he should have been judgmental of Trump way earlier than he, than he was. Um, but he did do apparently a good segment on all the odds that Cruz was up against and how well he did given those odds. And I, I tend to agree. I mean, here's a lot of people in the United States who were willing to support somebody on substance, and many of them, like me, don't agree with Cruz on every single issue, right? Um, there's a number of issues, most of them in the you know, sort of social values abortion, gay marriage, and all that, on which I disagree with Cruz. Nonetheless, I saw him substantively as the best candidate, first, because of his profound understanding of free speech, second, for foreign policy, and third, for all of the economic measures that he would have put into place, the the you know departments that he had planned to cut from government, the flat tax, getting rid of the IRS. These were tremendous. Uh, Obamacare, how could I forget Obamacare? Repeal every single word of Obamacare. There's no chance of that now. So, you know, it's 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 sad. But, I mean, the fact that people were choosing him, so many people were choosing him, is heartening. So there are people out there. Can we educate the rest of them? What is the best way to move forward to try to educate the, the rest of them? So maybe Cruz can make a run the next time around, and maybe he can, he can succeed. Uh, maybe he could run against... Hillary if it's Hillary. Maybe he can primary Trump if it's Trump. This is the thing that we would like. Oh, yeah, Redmond MTB in the chat room is uh, reminding us of another great thing that Cruz promised. Repeal all illegal executive actions on the first day. Yes. Justine says, I would vote for Hillary before I would vote for Trump. And what I want to know then is why. Why would you vote for Hillary? So, for instance, would you vote for Hillary rather than sit it out, for example? Or would you vote for Hillary rather than voting for Gary Johnson, for example? And what are your reasons for it? This is what I want to know. I have, I have some 
thoughts on it myself, but I don't want to spill those out too quickly. It's it's easy for me to tell you what I think, but I want to hear some of what you think. Uh, Sir DMZ says, Benghazi email Hillary. Yes. I am not going to vote for Hillary. I, I I just can't bring myself to push a button or pull a lever or fill out a voter ballot or whatever for Hillary. Just Jean says, no, she she thinks she'd vote for Gary Johnson first. Maybe. And, and there's perhaps a good reason to vote for Gary Johnson. Again, whatever we're voting for in this election, whether it be Gary Johnson, Hillary Clinton, or Donald Trump, there's pros and cons for each of those options. And... We have to figure out what are the goals that we have and what is most likely to get us to those goals. It is never, never, ever, ever understood that simply by voting for someone, you thereby state that you dis- you agree with you know 100% of what it is that they stand for. So if I vote for Gary Johnson, it's not that I agree for 100% of what he stands for. It's not that I consider myself a member of the Libertarian Party. Uh, anything like that because I don't, but it just means that, you know, in terms of the choices in front of me, if it's worth voting at all, I thought it was worth voting for him. And there's various reasons to do that. In past elections, objectivists have, you know, been, uh, there was a movement called Carrie haters for Carrie. You hate Carrie, but you vote for him. You're actually actively supporting him against the Republican because the Republican is so bad and you don't want capitalism to be seen in a bad light. This is the sort of argument that's being made in this election for voting for Hillary. And that is what I want to hear from you guys. Now, um, Redmond MTB says, Trump is 70. If Krispy Kreme Christie is the VP, then no way. Okay, so what you're implying is that you don't have a problem with Trump being president necessarily but you'd be scared at the prospect of Chris Christie being president. I don't know if I would find Chris Christie scarier than Trump, maybe. I hadn't thought about that one. And now I'm going to have to think about it with alcohol in my system. So we'll see how I do with that. What if Cruz was Trump's VP? This is the thing that I've heard floated around is that Trump says, oh, yeah, Lion Ted, sure, I'll have Lion Ted as my VP. Can you imagine this guy has spent, I'm going to say, well more, you know, more uh, than a month, well over a month, calling him Lion Ted, Lion Ted this, Lion Ted that, and then he's going to have some guy who he's been saying is a liar. He's going to say, oh yeah, he's my VP, support my ticket. It is just mind-boggling all the stuff that he is doing. Just Jean says, if we all vote for Trump or Hillary, it'll look like nobody cares about freedom and individual rights any longer. That is true um okay no redmond mtv says no he's a huge problem with trump won't vote for him okay good yeah trump hates speech yes and this is you know i did a whole show where i asked the question should free speech be the litmus test issue and this is when i was going i've been going back and forth about cruz i think at each stage i always said of the candidates out there the ones that might have a shot of winning in this cycle that he's still the best but there have been things that he has said and he has promised or you know promised to do, et cetera, that I have not liked and I've criticized. But what I came back to so many times is that issue of free speech. And I was really pleased to see that when Craig Biddle did his excellent write-up on Cruz for the objective standard, 
that the very first issue that he cited is the reason for supporting Cruz, not just as, you know, the lesser uh, evil or whatever, you know, the least bad of the candidates, but as a good candidate was because of his profound respect for and understanding of free speech. That's Cruz. And by contrast, we know that Hillary Clinton has been involved in this, you know, shut down climate change deniers, right? Uh, yeah, you can speak, but not if you disagree with Hillary. She has also gone to, there was some comedy company that put out a video critical of Hillary, and she went to them and tried to get them to take it down, uh, to get the personal contact information of the comedians who appeared in the video, etc. cetera. Uh, this is very threatening to freedom of expression. So I think neither Hillary, and then of course Trump talked about changing the libel laws and all this kind of stuff. Neither of them is a friend of free speech. Trump, we all know, he criticized the people who were involved in the Garland um, drama homage contest about a year ago, uh, you know, that basically said they shouldn't have been doing what they were doing. He appeared on Oliver Fox News talking about that stuff. So neither Trump nor Clinton are fans or supporters of freedom of expression. So if you want to educate, you don't want these people in office. I would assume that Gary Johnson is miles better. You know, I was, I was, I'm going to mix all my metaphors with alcohol. So head and shoulders above them and whatever, you pick your metaphor. Um, far better than, than those two. But I'm going to have to go study. I'm going to have to study. I'm considering voting for him. Um, I, now I'm not getting a reference here in the chat room, and I don't know if it's the alcohol. Roger says, I'm getting a Wooten for Justice ad. You're going to have to explain that. Am I, I, I just don't know. Uh, Pratik says, I think Trump is too dangerous. I hope people will vote for Hillary to keep Trump out. Well, this is the thing, Pratik. First of all, I doubt that principled people like us are mattering too much in this election right now. Um I know that in particular, my vote is not going to matter too much, not in my state, right? Because California is going to go for Clinton. We all know that. But I have a reason for not voting for Hillary. Uh, certainly not going to vote for Trump. Not, I'm not going to vote for Hillary. I might vote for Johnson, and I have a particular reason for doing that. But I And it, it's... It's more than it's not necessarily that I think that voting for Johnson is going to be a way to show my support for freedom and individual rights, because, again, I don't think Johnson's consistent in that way, but I have a different reason. So I'd be interested. Again, people call in if you want to and tell me what you're going to do and why. 760-888-5817. Oh, he said he had ad blocker disabled. Okay, maybe that was some kind of autocorrect. Okay, that I didn't understand. Thank you. Um, they're saying the Libertarian Convention is at the end of the month. Johnson is the likely nominee. <laughs> Al in the chat room says, let's speed up the destruction, vote for Bernie, and give the bastards what they want. <laughs> you know, it, it's great to, in the abstract, talk about speeding up the destruction, and then in the concrete, do you really want to speed up the destruction or would you like to have some time to educate? When do you think it's too late to educate? Again, I don't think it's too late to educate. Why? Because we had a substantial portion of the population supporting Cruz. And that was, 
you know, basically with all of the things against him, the media hating him, the USA Today having this piece about how he's so unattractive and that's why people don't like him and he's got some weird mannerisms or whatever in the world it was. Yeah, Redmond MTV says, only if we have Galt's Gulch as a retreat. We all need to learn how to have, you know, subsistence farms and stuff. And then, yeah, hasten the destruction because you know you've got it, right? Um, Or if everybody could find one place in the world that they could go to that would be safe in the middle of all this destruction or some state within the United States, you know, Colorado, perhaps. But uh, we'll have to see. So I do I do want to hear from you. What are you guys going to do and why are you going to do it? Why are you going to do it? If you go to the Don't Let It Go blog, don'tletitgo.com is my blog over there, you can see that the Republican Party is unraveling over Trump's takeover. One of the pieces of news that we got today is that Rand Paul is going to endorse Donald Trump And Reason, of course, points out that Donald Trump, and then the appositive is, the least libertarian GOP nominee in decades. And yet here is Rand Paul going to endorse him. Story says, Senator Rand Paul isn't joining the Never Trump bandwagon. In a recent interview, he reminded radio host Leland Conway that he plans to endorse the Republican Party's presidential nominee no matter who it is. He says, quote, you know, I've always said I will endorse the nominee, said Paul. I think it's almost a patriotic duty of anyone in Kentucky to oppose the Clintons because I think they're rotten to the core. I think they're dishonest people. And ultimately, I think we have to be concerned with what's best for Kentucky, end quote. Now, all that stuff about opposing the Clintons, that they're rotten, they're dishonest, you have to be concerned with what's best for Kentucky. None of that says that you have to support Donald Trump, right? Is there any reason in any of those that he listed that he should support Donald Trump? Sure, no, sure, don't support Clinton, oppose the Clintons. But with whom do you want to oppose the Clintons? Do you want to oppose maybe with a libertarian candidate, maybe with another third-party candidate? It would be great if the fledgling capitalist party that's being started uh, by a few people who you know have a heavy objectivist influence if that party had some sort of candidate to to field out there that would be great uh, if it could get some real support but right now if you really wanted to support somebody against the Clintons you could do it with a libertarian between now and November you could get enough uh, momentum behind something like that Rob in the chat room says the time to educate is now before either of them get elected. Yeah, and the question would be how to do that. Um, Watch and decide later about the uh, libertarian ticket. Oh, uh, Al in the chat room says I'm not going to vote to the top of the ticket on November, just state and local. Some people are doing that and they're saying, look, this is where – the hope is this is where the ability to have gridlock is. Make sure that you vote state and local, uh, you know, of course, for your Congress creeps, as we might call them. Rob says, I'm seriously considering not voting this year. Yeah. Just Jean says, I hear people talking about supporting and endorsing. Are those really the same thing or no? Mm, they seem fairly similar. But, you know, again, the fact that you're supporting a particular candidate, I have been 
in one way or another, pretty much supporting crews for years now, even though I've freely expressed qualms that I've had with him. But does that mean that I agree with every single thing that he says? No. Am I, was I endorsing him within the context of who he had? Certainly. Definitely. Um, question from Bertique. What is Cruz's primary vote base? Could it be the same religious wackos who voted for Santorum in 2012? Uh, I don't think so because Cruz got a lot farther than Centaurum in 2012. And it seemed that, at least according to some polls, if they were accurate, a number of the evangelicals who had supported Santorum in 2012 ended up supporting Trump. So, um, Oh, Al Meyer in the chat room is giving us the so-called crap news of the day. He's trying to get me to take another shot of alcohol here. He says that in the Washington Post, they are reporting that Hillary Clinton is going to be exonerated in the email controversy. It's not going to matter at all that she's going to be able to be the nominee. It would be satisfying to see her brought up on some sort of charges, I think. It would be great. Um, But I don't know that it's good for uh, her to be exonerated. Oh, Pratik in the chat room, he says, that's good to hear, but he's not reacting to Al. He's reacting to what I said, which is the issue that it's probably not the same base that Santorum had. No, if it was only Santorum's support, then he wouldn't have gotten as far as he did. And, you know, again, there was uh, quite a bit of evidence that the evangelicals went over and supported Trump for whatever reason. Anyway, so what do you think of Rand Paul? So Rand Paul made a promise. Some people were saying, well, look, he made a promise to endorse whoever the nominee is. And so therefore, he's going to just keep his promise. You can't really blame him for keeping a promise he made. But some people are saying, on the other hand, that you have to look at the context in which he made that promise. And you have to see that the context in which he made the promise is not the context that exists now. Let me see if I can get the comments that I've actually seen in reaction to this. Um, So one person said that at first when he had reacted to this with an angry face, you know, this news about Rand Paul endorsing Trump, he says, I switched it to a like. He says, recalling that Rand Paul had vowed, along with other candidates, to support the Republican nominee, whoever that might be. He is actually keeping his promise. He also said later on that it might be a very vigorous support. Oh, gosh, that's scary. Now, another Uh, person on Facebook, and I'm not giving out names because it's not in a public discussion that this is is posted, uh, said that the oath that Rand Paul took to go ahead and support whoever the nominee is, the oath was stupid and irrelevant. He says, Trump has not behaved anywhere near normal or within the realm of acceptability. He says, if the oath had any validity, it is contextual, and I would hope the losing candidates realize that they aren't obligated to support a sociopathic fascist. That's very extreme language to describe Trump, uh, but I would tend to agree that there are personality issues at the very least, and yes, a lot of what he's proposing tends towards the the fascist spectrum. So so then the response back, how often a politician is condemned for breaking his promise? Yeah, but in this case, you would not condemn Rand Paul for breaking that particular promise. He says, I will, uh, the other guy says, I will not condemn one for keeping a promise, however stupid and irrelevant it seems now. Hmm. Well, I would, 
you know, again, if the context in which you made a promise changes, and particularly if it changes as drastically as it, as it has in this election, hmm. You know, I'm a, I wrote an exam for some students this week, and one of the questions that I had in the exam, I hypothesize that there is an attorney whose job it is to screen Donald Trump's tweets before they go out into the world, before they're tweeted out into the world, on the idea that some of those are going to, you know, put Trump in danger of legal liability for various things, right? And... The the thing that I had the most fun coming up with, which is a title, a title of a book that this attorney would write as a memoir, you know, recounting his experiences working for Trump in this capacity. And the book title is Trash Trump Didn't Tweet. Now, what is allowing me to make a joke like this for students on an exam like Trash Trump Didn't Tweet? Uh, it's the fact that Trump behaved as unpresidentially as any presidential candidate you could ever imagine would behave on Twitter on a daily basis. It's just unbelievable. And I don't know, again, I don't know the timing of when Rand Paul made that particular promise, but I'm guessing that between the time that he made the promise and now, Trump has done so many unpresidential things that the context is completely blown out of the water. Uh, Pratik says maybe Rand Paul is just being pragmatic in supporting Trump. Yes, probably, because he was also pragmatic in supporting Mitch McConnell in the past, and that's very disappointing as well. So I think maybe indeed he is being pragmatic in, in that regard. Um, if you guys want to call in, 760-888-5817 is the number. But yes, Rand Paul is endorsing. I heard that Paul Ryan is most definitely not endorsing, and that's really interesting because he's Speaker of the House. So how is that going to kind of play out as time goes on? I'm going to be interested to see. Let me get back over to the blog and see what else I have in the queue next. Okay. I'm not scrolling. I'm getting rainbows. My computer is not behaving. So now we zoom over to the phone. And see if we can get some stuff there. Okay. There we go. I love the phone. Thank you, by the way. Some people have written me offering to cure my computer problems, but I've been so busy with finals exams and other stuff that I haven't been able to attend to my computer properly yet. So um, one interesting and other you know, source of optimism this week is Ben Sass. Ben Sass wrote a post on Facebook, an open letter to Majority America, saying in essence that you cannot support either Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump. Why? Because they are not honorable people. And he recounts various conversations that he's had with people at a Walmart. And then he says... You know, he trusts the judgment of the farm town way more than he trusts D.C. So here are some observations. Uh, he says, you know, Washington isn't fooling every, anyone, neither political party works. Uh, number two, as a result, normal Americans don't like either party. Almost half the nation 
will say that they identify themselves with neither party, he says. Uh, he says, young people despise the two parties even more than the general electorate. So this is the trend for the future. He says, the, the main thing that unites uh, most Democrats is being anti-Republican. The main thing that unites most Republicans is being anti-Democrat. And this is, you know, Rand Paul, right? That's so infuriating about him. He's going to support the Republican no matter what. He's just doing that. And he's just feeding into this frustration that we have. Uh, number four, he says the problems are huge right now. One of the most obvious is that we've not passed along the meaning of America to the next generation. Very interesting. Uh, five, the two national uh, parties are enough of a mess that he, he thinks that they're going to both come apart. Might not happen fully this time. It'll con- you know, And he says he's going to continue to fight to revive the GOP with ideas. He says, but when people's needs aren't being met, they ultimately find other solutions, right? And this is what we're all talking about, the potential of doing, maybe voting for that third-party candidate or that libertarian candidate. He says, in the history of polling, we've basically never, this is number six, we've basically never had a candidate viewed negatively by half of the electorate. This year, we have two. We have two of the most unpopular candidates ever, Hillary by a little and Trump by miles, including now three out of four women who vote more and influence more votes than men. There are dumpster fires, he says, in his town, more popular than these two leaders. Um, He says, with Clinton and Trump, fixes in. Heads they win, tails you lose. He says, why are we confined to these two terrible options? This is America. If both choices stink, we reject them and go bigger. That's what we do. Eight, he says, remember, our founders didn't want entrenched political parties. So why should we accept this terrible choice? So he says, have a thought experiment. Why shouldn't America draft an honest leader who will focus on 70% solutions for the next four years? He says, <laughs> he says you know, an adult. Um, and you know, then he talks about, imagine if we had all of these candidates who had all of these great things, a national security strategy for the age of cyber and jihad, honest budgeting entitlement reform so that we stop stealing from future generations, empowering state and local governments to improve K-12 to education. Okay, you lost me there, dude. I want government out of education entirely. Uh, retiring career politicians by ending all the incumbency projections, special rules, etc. cetera. Um, so why not do all of these things? And can we get one? Um, Interesting. Justine says, does anyone think there could be another third-party candidate for 2016? Is it realistic to think it's viable at this point? I would say that in the age of all of the media and social media that's out there, that if you had somebody that really could go viral really quickly and already had name recognition, potentially, if you've got these two candidates, Hillary and Donald, who are extremely unpopular. Yeah, Mark says, who? I can't think of anyone. You know, Ben Sass has not uh, gotten popular enough yet. I've liked a lot of what I've seen from him. I would definitely like to see more. Okay, so let's listen to a little bit of an argument from Jonathan Honig. And he's... You know, he put out a piece, I guess it was just several days ago. It's published May 3rd. Yes, May 3rd. He says, why Hillary has my vote. And Jonathan is starting with a premise 
that the only thing that can save the country is capitalism. And I submit that everybody who's hanging out here in the chat room listening to my podcast probably agrees with that, or at least most people who listen are sympathetic with this idea that it is capitalism that will save the country, that the goal is to move towards a system of pure laissez-faire capitalism. That's what we want. And so then the question is, how do we get there? And how do we get there in the context of this election if you're trying to decide for whom to vote, if you're going to vote for Hillary or for Donald Trump? So he says, 63% of Democrats, 49% of Republicans view Wall Street as detrimental to the economy. Now, this is terrible. 49% of Republicans, right? He says, barely half view global free trade positively, according to Pew. The majority of young people now reject capitalism outright. And he's got links for these. Go over to Capitalist Pig is his website. But I also have a link to this particular post at my blog at don'tletitgo.com so you can check it out. And he's got links for, you know, to sources for all these. He says, reversing the trend will require decades of education. For Americans, capitalism remains the unknown ideal. In this context, Donald Trump's business credentials are exactly what make him so dangerous. In the minds of voters, Trump represents capitalism. But as was pointed out in this space five years ago, Donald Trump is explicitly anti-capitalist on issues ranging from taxes to antitrust to trade. And in fact, one of the posts that I have on my blog uh, today is that Trump is talking about raising the minimum wage as well. And that in doing so, in talking about raising the minimum wage, he's trying to court Bernie Sanders voters. And, and there have been some spoofs out there about how Bernie and Trump are essentially the same, but Trump's making it come true even faster. Uh, continuing with Jonathan's piece, he says, Trump's use of the term rape in describing global trade is horrid, but a telling indicator of just how he views voluntary relationships. For nearly a decade, Jonathan writes, leftist intellectuals have spread the mythology that free markets were tried and failed under George W. Bush, necessitating greater government controls. But it was President Bush who started the bank bailouts in 2008. Obama just picked up the ball and kept running. Jonathan says, in Hillary Clinton, voters get another term of Obama and Bush before him. She's a mi she is a mixed economy power luster, the same as the old boss. If they are to survive, Republicans must present a capitalist alternative. Right now, they can't. And he says, when Hillary's policies fail, as they will, her socialist ideas will rightfully be denounced. But a President Donald Trump would be the standard bearer for American capitalism, despite the fact that his ideas are exactly opposed. Uh, Jonathan says, because he is in business, Trump's progressive taxes, threats to CEOs, and tariffs against consumers will be legitimized as capitalist, as moral, as just. And he says, they are not. And he says, and when Trump's policies fail, as they will, American capitalism will unquestionably get blamed. And by the way, Jonathan is not the only person from whom I've heard this argument. I've heard it from others as well. So my question for you is, do you think this is right? That even though you and I know, and I would say a lot of people know, that Trump is the furthest thing from a capitalist, 
Nonetheless, if he becomes president, then the policies that he, you know, insofar as he is able to get any, you know, policies enacted and put in place, those policies are going to be labeled as capitalist. People are going to believe that they are capitalist policies. And so when they fail, capitalism is going to be the thing that is blamed. One of the things that people in the chat room are talking about as well is debt default, that the answer to the American debt is bankruptcy. And in fact, Trump himself declared bankruptcy. You know, he, he's, you know, quick to say that it wasn't bankruptcy for his for his personal life, right? It was only for his business that he declared bankruptcy. But um, yeah, what is he going to do? He wants to do that on behalf of the U.S. And what, what's going to be the consequence of that? Just defaulting on our debt, declaring bankruptcy on the debt. This is not the way that, you know, a, a true American would handle this. Um, Mark says, who is he going to default on? The Chinese? He says, they represent a small portion. Social security is most of the debt. Well, I guess that would be the default. The default's going to happen if nothing is done about social security and the other so-called entitlement programs. Redmond, Art, uh, Redmond MTB says, let's turn all America into Detroit and Puerto Rico. Um, okay, now, critique in the chat room here is getting on the track of something that I was thinking as an alternative to Jonathan's argument. And, and the thing I wanted to mention, okay, um, earlier on, you know, this is the alcohol. Sorry, guys. Uh, earlier on, I was saying that all of us know that capitalism is the thing that will save us. And each of us is trying to make our best guess as to how we get from here to there. And so that when you disagree with somebody who has a different strategy than yours about how to get to that place, it'd be good to be polite to that person, right? Um, we are all coming up with the best arguments that we can. Uh, I've seen people unfriend people over which candidate they're supporting, and th this is not, you know, the stuff that, that's called for here. Uh, it is true that many of us are going to criticize these candidates in the harshest terms, but we are not insofar as we're all fellow travelers all going towards the same goal. We really shouldn't criticize each other in the way that we criticize the candidates or, or various ideas. So with that in mind, different strategies. So what Pratik says in the chat room here, he says, when Hillary fails, they will still blame capitalism. He says, but I think more people will see through their BS. Okay, so there is a potential. And, and this is one thing that I was thinking as well. Hillary, Obama, all of these people, they say, oh, yeah, you know, we try little things with capitalism here and there. We mix it. We have some stuff. And then whatever fails is the capitalist portion of whatever their policy is. Whatever succeeds is, of course, the democratic or liberal or, you know, whatever euphemism you want to put on their socialism, right? When it succeeds, that's what it's due to. But whenever something fails, it's due to the free market capitalist element. The solution is always more government. And I think that's going to be true regardless of which candidate you have in office. But what might be true is what Pratik is saying here, is that maybe more people will see through the BS if Hillary tries to blame capitalism when she fails, when her policies fail. 
yes, more people might see through it than will with the Donald Trump. That might be true. So this is something to take into consideration, right? Because people are going to always blame capitalism whenever something fails in the economic realm. They're just going to say the part that failed was the capitalist part and the socialist part was awesome, right? They'll try, but it won't stick as much maybe when it's Hillary in office. That's the idea. It's going to stick more. Trump is is in office. Okay. So think about that. That's one consideration. But here's something else, right, that I was thinking of. Because I was thinking, you know, why don't you want to vote for Hillary, right? We have two goals. One is we want to educate people about capitalism. We want to, you know, through that education, through persuasion, let people know that capitalism is the best and most moral social system out there. And we want to bring that about eventually. The second goal, because we're not ghosts, right? Um, We can't spread ideas in a vacuum. We have to actually survive during this time, is that we would like to have as much gridlock as possible, as much time as possible to do this education, right? So for me, you can't just say, okay, based on who you vote for, uh, capitalism is going to be misrepresented and it's going to be harder to spread the truth about capitalism when, for example, Trump is in office. That might be true, but that's not the whole story, right? Part of it is also this idea of survival and how do you achieve survival? In the past, we've achieved it largely through gridlock. And so then the question is, how can we achieve gridlock as best as possible in the coming election. Now, you might say, well, let's achieve gridlock by having Hillary as president and having Republicans in Congress. Have we really gotten the gridlock that we wanted by doing this with Obama as president and the Republicans in the Congress? No. Um, Republicans have been pretty much sucking. Uh, In fact, you might say because Paul Ryan doesn't like Trump, it might be cool to have as president and Paul Ryan as Speaker of the House. And I don't know who it would be in the Senate. Maybe we could get Cruz, majority leader in the Senate. I don't know. I mean, that, that would be a coup. Wow. Um, maybe it's just somebody good, Mike Lee or somebody good as the leader in the Senate. Uh, maybe we could get some gridlock even with a Republican candidate. I, in you know in the office I don't know so we we'd like to get gridlock but one thing one good way to get gridlock you know let's not think about Congress so much again the GOP is falling apart that's all going to be moving parts for a while here one thing we could do to get a better chance at gridlock is to make sure that whoever gets into office does not have a mandate right. Whoever gets into office does not have a mandate. Now, Arjun in the chat room says, how about Sanders for gridlock? I don't think Sanders has a chance, does he? Does Sanders have a chance of getting the nomination? Just a while ago, Al put the story up that Hillary was going to get away with the email thing, that she was going to be exonerated. And if that's the case, it seems like she's got the nomination already cooked. Is that right? Yeah, it seems like, you know, if you wanted gridlock, maybe have Sanders. Um, and surely Sanders is not going to do anything 
that you could argue is even capitalist at all, like Hillary would. But yeah, so think about this. So gridlock. How do we get gridlock? We make sure that whoever gets in is not going to have a mandate. One thing that you could say probably for sure is that if Trump becomes president, there's not going to be a mandate. However, if Hillary Clinton becomes president, at least on some of the projections that I've seen, some of the maps that I've seen, it looks very much like she has a mandate. Uh, Again, Donald Trump is extremely unpopular. What was that poll? It was like three out of four women will not vote for Donald Trump. They don't like him. Maybe they won't vote for Hillary either, but they're not going to vote for him. Hillary is, I think, the candidate, if she gets into office, more likely to look like she has a mandate. And this is why voting for Gary Johnson is looking interesting to me. In in some ways, just, you know, protest. It's a form of protest. Uh, Gary Johnson, he's nice enough, kind of wimpy. I, I still can't forgive him because years ago in the last election cycle, he threw away a great opportunity that was given to him in a debate. Sometimes in the debates they ask you those softball questions where you can just brag about cool personal things about your life. And Gary Johnson is an accomplished mountain climber, if I recall correctly. And it was, I think, a Fox News debate. They asked him one of these softball questions where he could put in the whole thing about how he succeeded in the tough mountain climbs. And he could have looked really cool, which, you know, occasionally he can he can look cool. And he blew it. He didn't talk about it at all. And I'm thinking, God, you just blew this wonderful opportunity to make yourself look cool and awesome. So he is. He's disappointing. But if you think about it, imagine a bunch of people voted for Gary Johnson. And imagine in particular that those people who might have voted for Hillary against Donald Trump voted for Gary Johnson instead, knowing that although Hillary is going to get into office, most likely, you would take away the sense that she has any kind of mandate at all. And the other thing I like about that is that you are damaging both parties. If SAS is right, that both of these parties are full of garbage and probably need to go, we need to just kind of blow it all up and start over again, then it would be good just to vote for the libertarian, not necessarily because you are a libertarian, that you want the libertarian party to be one of the new parties that succeeds. I want to see the capitalist party. The capitalist party would be a principled party, unlike the libertarian party. So, you know, vote for it. Why? To take away the sense of mandate, to increase the probability of gridlock insofar as you can do that by voting for a particular candidate. Again, based on the projections that I've seen, the candidate who is more likely to think that she'll have a mandate, <laughs> she'll have a mandate, uh, I use, <laughs> is Hillary. She's the one uh, that would seem that way due to the projected landslide, according to some of the, the maps that I've seen. So that's my thinking. What do you guys think about this? Robert in the chat room says, my main goal is to participate in the election and come out clean. You know, again, Robert, I'm on the premise that when you vote, you are not by voting saying that you agree with every single candidate. I was having a little bit of a qualm earlier in the cycle about should I put a Ted Cruz bumper sticker on my car? Because if you put a bumper sticker on your car, you're sort of promoting a candidate in a way that is more than just voting. Uh, Are you necessarily saying that you 
you know, support every single thing that that candidate stands for? Not necessarily, but it seems like a lot more of an endorsement of the, you know, most of the candidates' ideas than it would be just to vote. Just Jean says, how do we get more info about the capitalist party? The website has no contact info or anything. Hmm, I didn't know that it doesn't have any contact information. If you want to go ahead and write to me, if you're interested in getting more info about it, I'll look into it myself. Maybe what I'll have to do is I'll have to get somebody on here and interview about it and see. Oh, they have a Facebook page, says Arjun. Yeah, that's right, they do. They have, And I, I probably even like that page, and I forgot that I did. Capitalist Party. Pratik says, what? Cap- yeah, there is. There's a, a capitalist party. Uh, Robert says, I know, I just want to do my best. Yeah, and we all want to do our best, right? Again, go back to that premise because when I posted some of the stuff on my blog, people started to get into a very heated discussion about, you know, that one, actually, I I think I have to go ahead and approve this comment because when people are new commenters at my blog, I actually have to moderate and approve. But somebody said something like, all objectivists want to destroy the Western world or I can't remember exactly how they put it, but it's pretty vicious stuff, right? And we are. We're all on the premise of achieving the same goal. We are, of course, passionate about achieving the goal and trying to do it in the best way possible, but it's difficult in a situation like this to figure out the best way to do it. Uh, Rob says, go ahead, if you want more info about the Capitalist Party, to follow Joe Sanders on Twitter. That is right. I've seen Joe Sanders tweeting out a lot of information about the Capitalist Party. I think he may be involved in it. So definitely go do uh go uh, follow Joe Sanders on Twitter. So what do you guys think? What do you think of my argument for perhaps voting for Gary Johnson because normally I am not a libertarian. I don't endorse the Libertarian Party. Uh the reason is is that they purport to be the individualists, you know, supporting individualism, capitalism, as objectivism does, but they don't typically have a principled moral foundation. And in fact, in Gary Johnson, if Gary Johnson is, as people are reporting, if Gary Johnson is saying that Jewish bakers should have to go ahead and bake the Hitler cake, that is terrible. And that is not libertarian in any, you know, sense that I would accept as as libertarian. It is not consistent with individual rights and capitalism to tell a baker what kind of cake he must bake. In a free country, a baker can choose to bake a cake or not for whatever reason he decides. It can be the most irrational, most prejudiced, hateful reason for not baking that cake. And in fact, I personally think that those Christians who refuse to bake the gay cake, I think that they're wrong. I think that they should bake the cake for the gay wedding, right? Did I say gay cake? I probably did. Uh, the, the cake for the gay wedding. So they should do it. I would do it. They should do it. However, I think that they should have the right not to do it. They shouldn't be fined or anything else. Um, go ahead and say things about them in the newspapers if you want, whatever. It is a free country. In a free country, that's how it would be. If Gary Johnson disagrees, he is not a supporter of individual rights. But in today's context, he is probably a far greater supporter of individual rights than is Hillary or Donald. And there are reasons having to do with my goals, which are both to support 
defend, promote capitalism. And my second goal is to survive and be able to do it while doing so. There's reasons more in line with number two, with survival and, and promoting gridlock, to vote for Gary Johnson. Uh, the other reason to vote for Johnson, again, is my presumption that he's more in favor of free speech than either of the other two candidates. And if our education campaign depends on speech, we are more likely going to be able to have Gary Johnson continue to protect our freedom of expression than either Hillary or Donald. Uh, you know, again, Hillary will likely win. That's what they're projecting. And if she wins, I think she's more likely to think she has a mandate. We can take away that sense of hers that we have a mandate by instead of voting for her, voting for Gary Johnson. Mark says that Johnson was lackluster in Stossel's libertarian debate. He didn't seem to be much for anything. He is. He's disappointing. He is. He, he is disappointing. And, and I'm not telling you I'm going to vote for him. I'm telling you I'm thinking of voting for him, and I'm telling you the reason why. I'm thinking of voting for him versus for Hillary. There's also a good chance that I'm just going to sit out the election and stay home. And that, of course, would help at least not give Hillary the, uh, you know, the so-called mandate. John Roberts in the chat room has posted the link to the capitalist party. The link is, and this, you can take this down, those of you who are listening, the link is this. It is theamericancapitalistparty.com, theamericancapitalistparty.com. And then you can look at their platform and all kinds of other stuff. Uh, Roberts has a direct link to the platform, and this is something that you can get behind. If only they had a candidate that they would put forward. Yes, and that's exactly what John said. He says, I wish they had a candidate. Yes, they need they need a candidate. Now, I do have someone who has called in. If you call in and you want to talk, actually, go ahead and press 1, and then I would put you on the air to go ahead and chime in on this conversation. Tell me what you're doing and why, or at least what you're thinking about doing. Because, again, it's so early. We're all reeling from this, the idea that we are left with Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton. It's the worst of all nightmares. As I said, this election cycle has been better than you might have expected and simultaneously worse than you might have expected. <sighs> Pratik says, who are these people? Is it a bunch of objectivists? Can't imagine who else would do this besides objectivists or libertarians. I tend to think it's mostly objectivists. Uh, Freedom Bree says, I could support the American Capitalist Party platform. As far as I know, when I glanced over it, there wasn't anything in that that I disagreed with. So I'd like to, to check it out again myself, actually. Yeah, just Jean says... My question, too, who are they? Yeah, I don't know who exactly they are. I think Joe Sanders on Twitter is involved in it, and there's others as well. So go ahead and check it out. Anybody want to call in and tell me? Uh, Mark says, didn't Andrew Bernstein write the platform? I think I heard that, that Andrew, Dr. Andrew Bernstein wrote the platform. Yeah, but I don't know, again, who else is involved in that. So you can go check out the, the blog. Oh, Joe Sanders is the founder says Arjun. Okay. I knew he was involved, but I didn't know for sure that he was the the founder. Uh, yeah, so people should check it out. Oh, according to his Twitter page. Excellent. Perfect. I should look at Twitter pages more often. I follow him, but I haven't checked out his Twitter page in a while. So what do you what do you guys think? What do you think of my reasoning for this? You know, again, I'm completely with Jonathan on the idea that we want to minimize any misrepresentation of capitalism, but 
I look at the idea that we need to educate people about capitalism, regardless of who's in office, that all of us are smart enough to realize that Trump doesn't represent capitalism, that certain of his policies aren't capitalist. Uh, You know, there's one of the stories that I have today, by the way, is a New York Times story in which they talk about Ayn Rand's ideas and capitalism. These ideas are starting to become better known so that the average person on the street is going to be able to look at Trump and say, no, that is not capitalist. That is cronyist, that he is cronyist, that he is fascist, that that's the trajectory that he's on and that it's not at all capitalist. So, you know, the, the, the fact that people might think he's a capitalist, even though the better people know that he's not, that's not necessarily a reason to support Hillary. And, you know, again, there's some things that Hillary's going to do that are going to fail and they could be blamed on capitalism as well. Uh, so I said, you know, the number two factor, the survival, the gridlock, the potential for gridlock, making sure that there's not a mandate so that we can help that gridlock along. That leads me to go ahead and vote for Gary Johnson. So I'd, uh, let me know what you guys think about that here in the chat room. Am I, is it just alcohol that's telling me to do this? I don't think so, because I was thinking about this before I ever had a shot. Mark says that Trump loves the fountainhead. Yeah. I don't think that anything that Trump said about the fountainhead showed that he even really understood the fountainhead. (laughs) Arjun, Arjun might be drinking here in the chat room. He says he effing thinks he's Rourke. Um, are you are you having a, a beverage this evening, or are you just mad at Trump? I I can understand being mad at at Trump. <laughs> um, Pratik is is uh, laughing at that. Freedom Bree says Trump likes the Saudis. Yeah, um, I don't think that Rourke would like the Saudis very much. No, not at all. Keating maybe. Trump is the best student of the mixed economy. Yeah, mixed economy is such a euphemism. Let's have like cronyism, cronyist socialism. How about that? Option one, vote for Johnson if you think Hillary will win without your vote. Option two, vote for Hillary if it looks like Trump might win. Hmm, that's an interesting. Okay, so if it looks like Trump might win, you're going to vote for Hillary. But if it looks like Hillary's going to win without your vote, now, you know, this, of course, influences my personal decision, because in California, I'm pretty sure that California is going to go for Hillary anyway, so that my vote will not matter for the way that California goes. And it's not going to affect the general outcome of the election. But what my vote can do if I vote for Johnson in the general is it can reduce the sense that Hillary would have that she has a mandate right? Because it would take away from her overall percentage. So that's a little bit of my thinking there. Um, Robert says Rourke would nuke Mecca. (laughs) They're having some fun here. Uh, Pratik says I'm with Jean. Yeah. And, And so some of this might depend on what state you're in and what the polls are looking like. I just can't imagine that California would support Trump. And so I think that I'm free to vote for Johnson if I think it's going to help make it so that Hillary doesn't think she's got a mandate. And like I said, I'm thinking about doing this. You know, again, is it great to support libertarianism? No, it's not. But is it good to vote for either Hillary 
who is, you know, at best guilty of dereliction of duty, also perhaps guilty technically of espionage, certainly of putting our data at risk through her private email server. Um, Both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are tremendous threats to freedom of expression, which is a huge litmus test issue. So if I think about these considerations, I think of the immorality of supporting either Hillary or Donald Trump, you know, actually supporting them, then a vote for either of them I don't think is any better or worse, technically speaking, in terms of endorsement than voting for, for Johnson. In this situation, that's kind of my thinking. Uh, Mark says no vote is also a vote, Yes. Al Meyer says none of the above. John says maybe the capitalist party will have a candidate before November. That's another thing, too. Again, one of the other options that I've considered is writing in Ted Cruz. Just write him in. Uh, if there is a capitalist party candidate, sure, maybe put that down. What I wonder is do you need to get behind at least a semi-established candidate like a Johnson in order to take away the sense of mandate to the you know the people in the traditional two party system or if i vote for whoever the capitalist party candidate might be could i you know also give that sense that there is no mandate that the two party system is broken ah uh, just Tina in the chat room says let's write in amy yay uh yeah that would be interesting right um I mean, you're you're free to write me in. I don't think it's going to happen, but uh, yeah, go go ahead and, and and try to do that. That would be quite interesting. Oh, they're talking about the uh, the walls. Oh, who was who is it? Oh, Reagan wants to tear down down a wall, and Trump says to build a wall. Yeah, the walls are are definitely different. But the question is, if Trump built a wall for the purpose that he says he's building it, would it eventually become the wall that Reagan later said you have to tear down? That might happen. So how different is it in the inception? Yes. But in the eventuality, maybe not. Mark says, I wish none of the above was an option. What if it won? You know, this is this could be the first election cycle in which none of the above could win. And then the question is, you know, and I also want to see what what does Ben Sass have in mind with that blog post? I mean that blog post, Facebook post that I was reading. Does he think that there's some way to get in a different candidate, I don't know, through a contested convention at the GOP. I don't think he is thinking that, but some sort of third-party candidate. It would be interesting, and I don't know, you know, again, does Joe Sanders listen to this podcast? I'll have to throw the idea to him. What if the capitalist party contacted Ben Sass and tried to figure that out? Roger Williams says that Jerome Brooks should be an advisor. Yeah, I wish Jerome Brooks could run, but He's not eligible because of his birthplace. <sighs> Eliminate the two-party party system by ending the mixed economy. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Um, amend the Constitution and let your own brook run. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Let's do that. He would be excellent. Uh, I mean, just imagine. Just imagine. He's the one person that I know who would be the most qualified on the right set of ideas now. Uh, John Allison, 
John Allison has been asked many times if he wants to go into politics, and each time he's refusing. I don't know if push came. I mean, it is really bad now, and I and no one has asked him this week, as far as I know. Probably some people have talked to him this week about it. I haven't heard what his answer is this week. Yeah, John Allison. John Allison would be great. In the past, he's always refused, but you know, again, when you have this new set of circumstances, when you're stuck between the rock and the hard place, so to speak. Maybe he would change his mind. Freedom Bree says, yes, your own would be the one. Yeah, you know, other than John Allison, I would, you know, an Allison Brooke ticket. Can can your own, he can, he's not qualified for vice president either, right, because of his birthplace. I'd really like to amend the Constitution and, and get your own in there. But, again, John Allison, that would be wonderful. In the past, he's refused. Would he change his mind given that we are stuck with either Hillary or the Donald, so to speak. Um, by the way, if you want a little bit of comic relief, you can see that The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon had a fun little bit on a phone call between Obama and Trump. You might enjoy that if you if you want a good laugh. A little bit of justice this week with the news that the pro-Trump network, supposedly fair and balanced, but decidedly pro-Trump now, Fox News has dropped to number two, the number two news network, for the first time in 14 years. That is justice. And this is a story from the Daily Wire. It says there's a price to pay for jettisoning your principles in search of money and ratings, apparently. After months of becoming the Donald Trump network, Fox News lost its position as the leader in cable news for the first time in 14 years. CNN reported, uh, of course CNN reported this. Why? Because CNN is now at number one. It says uh, CNN, sorry I had to drink water. The alcohol is dehydrating me. Uh, CNN ranked number one. Oh, I'm getting some ads. Even on my phone the Daily Wire is scrolling some weird ads in front of me. This is not nice of them. Um, oh, come on. Please do this for me. No, it's not. Okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to refresh. On my phone. Come on, Daily Wire. Let me read your site. Yeah, you're going to say that I did something while I was drunk, right? Maybe. It's possible. Okay. Yeah. First time in 14 years. Okay, read more. CNN ranked number one in cable news in primetime in April. It beat Fox News for the fifth time in the last eight months in Monday to Sunday primetime, four of the past eight in Monday through Friday primetime, among adults 25 to 54. The last time CNN had this many primetime wins in an eight-month period versus Fox News was over 14 years ago. And CNN added the following under a Walmart ad. It says, of particular note, CNN has narrowed the gap with Fox News, 196,000 versus Fox News' 215,000 to its smallest level, minus 9% in over seven years since October 2008 in today, uh, today Day. What is that, Today Day? Okay. Among adults, 25 to 54. CNN beat Fox News in prime time this month among adults, 25 to 54. Of course, in January 2012, Fox News deliriously announced, says the Daily Wire, that 
Uh, Fox News Channel achieved a rare television milestone, clinching 10 years as the number one news network, blah, 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 blah. And now, of course, they're eating all of it. So I want to ask Fox News, was it worth it? And I dare say that if they get their candidate in office, if they get Donald Trump in office, and Donald Trump gets to change the libel laws or do other horrible things to freedom of expression that he wants to do, that they will regret this. If there's any honest bone who wants to do real journalism in any of their bodies, that they're going to regret this. Pratik says, I don't see Fox News. Can someone please tell me who are the major people? Okay, so Hannity at Fox News is supporting Trump. Uh, and, and then also Greta and Bowling are for Trump. Yeah, Hannity and O'Reilly says Redmond MTV. Everyone but Megan Kelly says Mark Griefer. Yeah. Freedom Bree says, happy that Fox is being punished. Yes, this is justice, no doubt. I've got a call that I'm going to go ahead and grab here. The person's been on hold for two minutes, probably because I am slightly intoxicated and not on the ball. Hi, who's this? Hello? Who is this, please? Hello? Hi, this is Louise. Louise? Yes. So, so, so you're you're a you're a first time caller. What can I help you with? Yes, I am. I would just like to talk to you about Trump. You know, Trump's on record. <coughs> Excuse me, I bronchitis. Trump's on record saying that he can send all the niggers back to Africa. Oh God. I- okay, so all the niggers back to Africa. Um, that's not language that I use on my show, so sorry I had to go ahead and disconnect that call. Uh, Gutfeld. Um, Gutfeld, I don't know that he's for Trump. He is critical of Trump that I've seen, but one thing I did not like about Gutfeld recently is he did a little segment on um, on, uh, on Cruz, and during his little critique of Cruz, he actually not so craftily, subtly, not so subtly, put a middle finger up by his forehead or something, basically, you know, putting the middle finger at Cruz. Terrible. Really, really terrible. So, um, no, I don't I don't think he's uh, completely for Trump, though, either. Um, yeah, so it, this is definitely justice being done. Definitely justice being done. See, a person thought they'd, okay, they call in because, you know, she had a shot of alcohol. So we'll just see if we can get away with saying horrible things on her show. Yeah. I reacted fairly quickly. I think think that was a fairly quick reaction time on my part. Not too bad. So what do I have over here again for you at the blog? I keep trying to access my blog on my computer, even though it's completely failing. So here's the one story that I want to tell you. Trump is saying that he's open to a higher minimum wage, and he's going after Sanders supporters in doing this. Presumptive Republican presidential nominee Donald Trump on Wednesday said that he was open to raising the federal minimum wage, breaking with the prevailing view of his party. And then, of course, a wonderful ad pops up in the middle of my phone. Thanks, Washington Times. Um, He says, quote, I'm actually looking at that because I am very different from most Republicans, Mr. Trump said in an interview on CNN. He says, you have to have something that you can live on. 
So he's saying basically it's need, right? Um, he's got to take care of everybody in terms of health care. you got to have something that you can live on, and so therefore you have to have the minimum wage or you have to increase the minimum wage. <laughs> Just Gene says, indeed, he is different. Yeah, he, he is definitely very different. In fact, he isn't sounding at all like a small government Republican, which is supposedly what he is. Now, I do have another call. It is from a different number. This is a different person. I'm going to welcome whoever this is to the show. Hi, who's this? Hello, uh, Amy, uh, John Kenny. Hi, how are you, John? Yay, a familiar voice, someone who's not going to say horrible things on my show. Oh, no, no. Say, I want to talk about the... uh, the Libya incursion. Remember that where we uh, killed Gaddafi and now the area is in chaos. Um, Hillary is trying to, uh, if I heard her right, says that the prime actors in that whole scenario were France and Britain. And they try to persuade us to go in and give firepower and everything. Now, that sounds uh, unbelievable to me. I mean, Hillary is kind of a warmonger. To me, she would be the prime mover in the whole thing. Do you have any uh, feeling on that? I mean, and Hillary just smiles broadly when they point out that the area is in chaos. It's overrun with al-Qaeda and and a whole bunch of other local uh, Islamic terrorists. She just smiles broadly, uh, you know, as she did to Trey Gowdy, because they had an election or two you know, which brings mm-hmm. up the philosophical point, does an election make any government legitimate? Now, I think right. this audience will definitely say no, right? No, but Hillary no of course just, not. Justi- right. Hillary justifies everything by an election. But anyway. Free, free, freedom Breeze in the chat room here, John. Freedom Breeze in the chat room says, Hillary smiles broadly, inappropriately most of the time. You know, the thing that came to my mind when you're talking about Libya was afterwards when Hillary did that interview, what was it? We we came, we saw, and we, oh, it, yeah. was, it was he like died. we killed him. He died, yeah. Or yeah. So, and, and she's laughing about it. So does that seem like somebody who wasn't really involved in, in the mission there? No, it seems like somebody who was very involved, right? Right, right. But uh, I was just wondering if anybody uh, knew about the French and the British. Uh, it uh, sounds crazy. Now, why would Sarkozy of the French, I mean, he was on the verge of an election, which he would eventually lose. Why would he do something crazy like this? You know, it's a, he was a U.S. ally, crazy as he was. That's Gaddafi. He was helping on the uh, war against terrorism and everything, and we uh, and we knock him off. Now I think uh, the, the reason was uh, Obama's mission. Uh, one of his prime goals was to the ascendancy of Islam. He wants to promote Islam, which means getting rid of the secular uh, people and replace them with uh, the Muslim Brotherhood, right? Right. Which, uh, which in this case, it didn't work out. Fortunately, in the, plus the Egyptians, uh, you know, recriminalized them, which is good. But I think that was the motive behind it. It must have been Hillary and Obama, and now, and now they're blaming the French and the British. I, you know, it, it's vital. The, the news media cannot let Hillary get away with this lie, you know, which, right. which they are. You know right. what I'm saying? That's, that's and and, my, and this, it is, point. it is this kind of stuff 
that makes it impossible for me to vote for Hillary Clinton. As I said, I have the luxury, I guess you'd call it, of living in California. I just saw another thing about how horrible it is in California today because there's a special tariff on trucks because of California or whatever. And, you know, we pay so much for the wonderful climate that we live in out here because all of these liberal politicians are just doing everything they can to destroy everything else about living here. But, you know, the the luxury that I have in this election cycle is that in my state, it's no doubt going to go for Hillary. And so I don't, I don't have to vote for her to defeat Trump. I don't have to do that. And I have the luxury of either staying home and drinking or maybe voting for Gary Johnson or whatever else I do. What are you going to do? Well, I'm in uh, Nevada. I haven't decided yet. It's, uh, you know, I go back and forth. Maybe I'd vote for Trump just on the Supreme Court issue. And as of two days ago, he said some very good things about the Supreme Court. He said he's got a list of people, and they're going to replace Scalia in terms of uh, judicial philosophy. Mm-hmm. So now, so that would mean uh, the Supreme Court will go from being useless, which they are now, to a definite danger to uh, uh, liberty if Hillary gets in. She'd appoint three or four Marxists. So that, that you would know, be a disaster. And, and here's, here's another thing that's interesting. I wonder if we had I – mean, I don't think we'll have a president, Gary Johnson, but stranger things could happen in this cycle because I wouldn't have thought we'd be sitting here now with Trump as the Republican nominee. Um, but suppose yeah. we had a president, Gary Johnson. He could put in a Supreme Court Justice Kaczynski, <laughs> right? Yeah. I would love right. to see Judge Kaczynski on the Supreme Court. Uh, in part because I know him, the, and excuse me. No, I thought it wasn't he the Unabomber Kaczynski. No, that's Ted Kaczynski. I'm talking about oh. Alex Kaczynski of the Ninth Circuit, and um, okay. I've known him for longer than I care to admit. But uh, yeah, he, he's he's awesome. He's so fun, and imagine. Yeah. How about you know, how about? How about our friend uh, Tom Bowden? I don't know if he's on the line there. But he's a, he's a lawyer. You know him. I Tom? mean, you know, get him on one of the courts of appeal or something. That would be wonderful. That's the Supreme and, Court, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know but if anyway, you're straight there, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Tara Smith. I don't know. Is uh, is uh, the Supreme Court issue worth voting for Trump? If nothing else, and, and the rest is a crapshoot. Well, and would he? Uh, you know, do as promised. He seems to be changing all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to have well, to go ahead and, uh, and let you okay. go, John, because I'm running out of time here. But I do thank you for calling in, and we're going to okay. obviously be talking about this a lot between now and. Okay. Thank you. I'll I'll talk to you next Thanks, week. Thanks, Amy. Um, I'm going to give one shot to this other caller that I have. Oops. Let me try here. Hi. Who's this? Bosch. Hi, Bosch. How are you? How's it going? Very good. I wanted to talk about, uh, I want to hear more actually about uh, the idea where, you know, uh, Trump will be uh, uh, accused. I mean, basically that Trump, what what he'll be doing is capitalism and he'll be giving it a bad name or whatnot. And I just, you know, that whole idea, it's like he's not a capitalist. He never claims to be a capitalist. He never used the word capitalism. Never does. So it doesn't matter what the left says. 
it doesn't matter. I, you know, we can't rely on, well, people think that, so therefore, well, to help with that, we make the argument again and again and again, argue against it, prove he's not a capitalist. It's like when people talk about, uh, you know, Islam, well, well Islam is fine, and uh, as far as, you know, most people think it's okay, so that, therefore, let me use different language in order to uh, refer to Islam, whether it be Islamic totalitarianism and whatnot. When the fact is, is uh, we can't rely, we can't be... Hello? Hello, Bosch? Yeah, can you hear me? Okay, now now I can hear you. I couldn't hear you there for a second. Got me worried. I'm sorry, one last thing. Yes. Just in terms of we can, we, we've got to stop paying tribute to ignorance. We have to argue on the, on the truth. The truth is on our side. He's not a capitalist. Make the argument. Uh, Islam is the issue. Make that argument. Don't, don't, don't think, well, most people think you know, they, don't, they don't know about Islam, so therefore I'm going to use a different language. No. Right. Tell the truth. Yeah, I agree, and, and 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 there are things we can do with education. Um, quickly, uh, tell us, tell us, Bosch, how is your uh, auction doing? Doing well, doing well. Tell people it's, about your uh, auction. I am selling the cartoon. The my God, I got to say, the world famous cartoon of Muhammad that I drew that I won in the Garland uh, in the Garland, Texas, uh, 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 cartoon contest exhibition, which uh, terrorists attacked, jihadists attacked, and we all made it. They didn't make it. They came to kill us and die for it. Good. Anyway, it's doing well. Uh, I put it up once. Uh, eBay took it, took it down. There was a whole backlash against it online. So eBay, for, you know, I, I guess because of that, they put it back up. It'll be on for four more days. Um, okay. The sky's the limit. Whoever and you know, so if, uh, whoever wants if, if if people are interested, they should go to eBay and search your name, Bosch Faustin, and it'll come up, right? Yeah. It, it didn't work at first, but it did work last time. So I guess, yeah, okay. I guess they can do that. And if you're interested in it, you want to own a piece of history, go for it. Okay. Well, Bosh, I do have to go, but thanks for calling in. We're just about out of time here. So I wish you the the best on the auction. People, go over to my blog at don'tletitgo.com. You can see one story about bureaucracy and healthcare, And another story, the one I mentioned about the New York Times, uh, Ayn Rand Accolade selling students a self-made dream. Check it out, and I'll talk to you next week. Take care.